0: the teams you care about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint coming to you live from the lee company studio here in columbia tennessee wkom 1017 fm front porch sports headquarters and 94.5 the eagle down in Franklin County. WZYX, thank you guys for joining us as well. We are excited for our next segment, and not as excited as we could be. Unfortunately, we're not talking about a winner's bracket game this morning. That being said, we are joined on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline by John Wilkerson, the voice of Tennessee baseball, on WNML, the sports animal. John, welcome into the show. Thanks for taking some time this morning. We appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, Chris. Uh, Great to join you and Mo.
2: John, we appreciate it. Um, So, as Chris said, instead of working a 6 o'clock Central Time Winner's Bracket game... You will be on the air here in a couple of hours, I guess, as Tennessee gets ready to take on Texas in a one o'clock elimination game at the College World Series out in Omaha. And um, Blake Tidwell, freshman from, from Loretto, pitching for UT season, basically. Why is this freshman the right guy today?
1: Well, Mo, he's been in this position essentially from the start of the year. You go back to his first conference start, it's with the series on the line at Athens, Georgia, um, to open SEC play. And seven times, Tennessee went into the final game of a conference series, and all seven, he was leading the charge. Tennessee won five of those. And this is somebody who, while at the start of the season, he was somebody who could just rely on his sheer talent, of which there's so much. But as he himself said, he kind of got into a habit after his first couple of games under his belt in SEC play that he maybe started getting too caught up in the process in his mind as opposed to throwing and relying on his stuff and his defense. And he has been so good for Tennessee. While he did give up six runs in the win against LSU that clinched the Super Regional, he's pitched much better than that. And I think that was more a reflection of of having a big lead as Tennessee jumped out and jumped hard on the Tigers to get to this point. I just think that he's got the makeup. He's also had the approach and the development that he's uh, he's now so much better as a pitcher uh, and uh, not only that, a dominant pitcher, as he has been for Tennessee. So I, I think for the Volunteers to have their, ser- their season on the line, Blade Tidwell is the way to go.
2: Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with John Wilkerson, the play-by-play voice of University of Tennessee Baseball for the Sports Animal up in Knoxville. And, um, John, Sunday wasn't what anybody expected, I think. I mean, um, everybody, everybody felt like the ball wasn't going to fly at TD Ameritrade the way it did the previous weekend, again, in that 15-6 win over LSU. Um... But there had been seven home runs hit the day before in the two um, first round games. So was it that the ball didn't fly or was it just that UT did not execute offensively the way they had expected to?
1: I think it was a little bit of both. Um, One, I mean, we, we saw the catcher for Virginia get one out as uh, he took advantage of uh, one of the few mistakes made by Chad Dallas and we also saw what a great story that was with the fact that his dad was on hand and uh, had been diagnosed and has been battling pancreatic cancer. Just an incredibly magic moment on Father's Day. But from the Tennessee perspective, uh, Tennessee just wasn't able did, – Tennessee didn't do a good job of playing Tennessee baseball. That's what Tony Vitello has talked about most since then. You, three times in the first six innings, you open with two men on, and it's just been so rare that the volunteers haven't been able to cash in on it. Now, some of that goes to Andrew Abbott, who was simply outstanding mm. – when those situations arose because Tennessee gets two on in the bottom of the first, the chance to score right out of a shoot and he goes strike out, pop up on the infield and strike out in that threat. And each time that he wound up allowing the first two men to reach, he retired the next three or got out against the next three batters as one was a fielder's choice. So Tennessee ran into a veteran pitcher who had the good stuff going and, and I do think the atmosphere was just a bit different, but I think it was more about Tennessee not doing and being able to get Tennessee baseball going as, uh, as what we've seen this year. It really has been a wild three days so far in the College World Series. When you look at yesterday, it makes no sense whatsoever. You get 19 runs combined in the elimination game between Sanford and Arizona as the Cardinal advances, and then you get a run for NC State against Vanderbilt. As the uh, Wolfpack sent the Commodores to the losers bracket. It really has been something to watch. And then just a quick recap. So you look at the top four teams in terms of the favorites to win in Omaha. The number four favorite is eliminated. The other three all have losses. It really has been just an incredibly unique start to this year. I mean, excuse me, this year's College World Series. And no doubt about it, the two highest remaining seeds in the field, one will be eliminated this afternoon.
2: And that's something. Um, and when you look at that North Carolina State team in particular, I mean, they go to Fayetteville, they get trounced twenty-one to two in Game One of a best of three super regional against the national number one seed. They come back and knock off Arkansas on its home field, and. You know, that's got to give you a boatload of momentum, obviously. And then what they've done in their two games since kind of lives up to that. I ain't, Does anybody beat North Carolina State?
1: Well, right now it'd be awfully tough to do it, simply for the fact that they haven't lost since they got drummed by 19. And they also, along the way, beat number one Arkansas and number two, three, or wherever they show up in the, in the rankings, Vanderbilt. Uh, it has been so impressive. And the mindset. And I think it's the same with Virginia, which beat Tennessee, is that there's that. I mean, both teams are playing their very best ball, and I don't think that anybody would have pointed to ACC versus SEC, and the ACC being two and zero with wins against Tennessee. Yeah, two and zero against Tennessee and Vanderbilt, and outscoring their two their two opponents seven to nothing. That's been it. But. Uh, I I just think that NC State right now is playing with so much confidence, and why shouldn't they? They beat the number one team in the country, as we talked about, and then also the pitcher of the year, the player of the year, in Kevin Copps. So this is a a team that's just riding high, and it's going to take something, I think, pretty special to knock them off their pedestal right now.
0: John Wilkerson Tennessee baseball play-by-play voice on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline here with us on WKOM and Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. This loser's bracket situation is not something Tennessee is unfamiliar with as we go back to Hoover and that Alabama loss. This is a team that has played its way out of a loser's bracket earlier this season. So what kind of confidence does that give this team to perhaps still reach that three-game championship series?
1: Well, you know they're going to battle, and they're going to battle until their last strike, and that's something that's served this Tennessee team well. Um, I think one of the most telling stats about this season is they've lost back-to-back games once, and that was both ends of a nine-inning doubleheader in Week 2 against Indiana State. They, uh, they did bounce back, putting aside the frustration and the, and the loss that they once had a chance to celebrate in the bottom of the ninth before a play was overturned in that SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. And then they came back and they run-ruled Mississippi State. They got revenge, run-ruling Alabama. And, uh, but a, a little bit of a difference here is the fact that in SEC tournament play, you go double elimination for essentially three days, and then you go back to single elimination. For Tennessee to advance to the World Series, the Cow's Championship Series, they have to win four games, and they have to beat the last team standing in the winner's bracket twice in order to get there. But I also think this is a team that has responded so well, rebounded nicely after each and every setback. They did so getting Game 2 against Vanderbilt after the Commodores won to open that series, did so against Arkansas in Week 9 of the SEC schedule when they, had, they gave themselves a chance to win that series, even though they didn't, um, I, I do expect Tennessee to uh, to, to fight back, to punch back, and, and just do what they can to see if they can extend their stay in this season together.
2: John, you mentioned that they've only lost back-to-back games twice. I think the thing that jumps out at me, and I know you'll correct me if I'm wrong, this team has seven walk-off wins this year? Correct. So... Again, it's a team that, like you said, they've got some resiliency. You've got to get 27 outs against them. Um, They've not seen Texas, but what do you think of this matchup?
1: Well, I think there are a lot of similarities between Texas and Tennessee, but also the Longhorns and Virginia. This is a team that, first and foremost, it's pitching and defense. Uh, They led the Big 12 with the fewest errors. They also were a quarter run below what was the next best Team ERA in the country, and they were more than a run-better Team ERA than the rest of their Big 12 brethren. So this is a team that can pitch. You go from being your conference pitcher of the year who opened and lost uh, against Mississippi State to now their leader in victories, as it'll be Tristan Stevens, who went 11-3. and Uh, He's somebody who doesn't rely heavily on the fastball. So Tennessee is going to have to be able to hit the slider and and be able to work with the breaking pitch because he he doesn't rely too much at all on his velocity. Uh, They do, they're deep out of the bullpen. So Tennessee has to get the bats going today and and we'll see if they can answer that challenge. But I I do expect Tennessee to, to play hard and give it their best shot. But this is a team like Virginia, pitching and defense is what sets the tone because While Texas is very good in the times their offense can take off, their numbers aren't going to overwhelm you. Tennessee's got a better team batting average, has more home runs, more runs scored, but again, when you pitch it and and catch it as well as Texas does, that's what gives them their best chance to win.
0: You know, John, I, I, I hesitate to go off on a random road here, but Twitter is all abuzz in certain areas of the mm. country, uh, particularly Baton Rouge, <laughs> as they feel really um, comfortable with the idea that Tony Vitello may make the move to the purple and gold. Is there any indication that, that he is focused on anything other than the College World Series right now? And if if not, is there any chance he goes to LSU?
1: Well, when you're talking about a program like that, you can't rule it out. At the same time, it has been business as usual. Uh, you look at what he's done with his team, being with it every step along the way. And and then also, I mean, Tennessee just got another commitment yesterday. They, they picked up a pretty nice one in terms of a transfer from Missouri to join the volunteers. It was the Tigers' Friday pitcher who had said he was going to transfer to Tennessee. They added a commitment yesterday. While obviously there's this potential opportunity for him to consider, I still think that he is locked in on this team this season and playing as long as they possibly can. And then I also think that in just looking at what he's done at Tennessee versus what is available at LSU, certainly there's things any college coach would love when you look at the size of the stadium, the support for the program, and just simply the money that's right there. Um, when you look at the most distinguished baseball program in the history of the Southeastern conference, at the same time, you're always going to be looking up at what Skip Burtman did at the university of Tennessee, Rod Delmonico won 699 games, three trips to the college world series and two SEC championships. And Tennessee has struggled to find anything successful since uh, coach D's departure. I think Tony Ritello has a chance to build exactly what he wants and essentially for lack of a better word, in his image at the University of Tennessee. And I think it's as important that Tennessee shows its support to him, which I think it's willing to do, to improve the facility, which sorely needs it as, through no fault of its own, ranks 13th out of the fourteen because everything else is much either bigger or newer. And uh, and so I do think that if you commit to the facility, if you commit to Tony Vitello's assistance and, of course, the coach himself, I think in that order, that's what he sees as his priority. Again, I can't rule out that there wouldn't be the possibility, but I really, if I had to say where's Tennessee going to be next year, it would be Tony Vitello, the coach in Knoxville, as opposed to anywhere else. So
2: basically you could either go to LSU and follow Skip Bertman, or you could stay in Knoxville and be Skip Bertman. That's the perfect way to say it, Mo. <laughs> uh, John Wilkerson here with us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. John Hope we get another chance to speak to you um, before another game this week. But in the meantime, tell people where they can find you and and your work.
1: Well, very much appreciate that. And uh, hope that we do get to have another conversation. But you can find us on UTSports.com as well as the UT Game Day app. And for the first time this century, We've got stations that are carrying Tennessee baseball on the ball network from Bristol all the way to Paris. So check your local listings and uh, and see if we aren't going to uh, be able to bring you the action from today's game. It'll be a 1 o'clock Central Time start. One o seven is the first pitch. The airtime is at 12.45. And I do have this question for you guys. I've been to Columbia. It's a lovely place, but I've yet to find the statue of Mickey Deerstone. Is that somewhere hidden? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, you you are telling me something I did not know, John. Mickey's from Knock. Uh, Mickey is from Columbia.
1: He spent a lot of time there, <laughs> and he said he he's heard there is a statue, but he uh, he has not been able to find it either. <laughs>
2: well, uh, you you now you do know that there is a Lindsey Nelson Stadium here in Columbia.
1: Absolutely, okay. uh, I called a high school playoff game from that
2: wonderful venue. Okay. So, oh, so you were in the Marion Wilhoyt press box at Lindsey Nelson <laughs> <He was>. Stadium. <laughs> Couple of them um, legendary journalists from here in in the Dimple as Chip Walters likes to refer to it. But um I'll I'll have to check on that Mickey Deerstone statue and get back with you. But um John Wilkerson, he's at J Wilkerson NM, I'm sorry, W N M L on Twitter. John, appreciate your time. Bring back a win and um, hopefully we can catch up with you soon.
1: Yes, sir, Mo. Thank you so much. Enjoy talking with you and Chris. You guys have a great day.
0: You too, man. All right, that's going to do it for this segment as we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, it is Top 5 Tuesday. We tell you our top five sporting events that we've attended in our lifetime. So stick around. We'll be right back after this.